This is Behind the Twenties, a podcast where we talk about life challenges one goes through, during, well, you guessed it, your twenties. I'm Sonia, I'm 24 years old and I studied psychology. And I'm Maya, I'm 25 years old and I studied law. So how do we actually know each other? Well, we were flatmates and that, kids, is how we met. Three, two... One. Welcome to the second episode of Behind the Twenties. In this episode, we will talk about all that relates to finding an identity from finding yourself during your studies, as well as afterwards. We mentioned already in the first episode that there are a lot of shifts and changes during these uncertain times. You change a lot during your studies, you learn who you are, aside from your family, with your friends, during your studies, with your colleagues. And then you have, you go through another shift when you graduate. It's a big new chapter and it's full of discoveries and new things coming. So these shifts can be quite unsettling and we're gonna go over all these changes with regards to how you can feel about your identity and how you can change during those shifts. So first of all, Sonia, before I, before I place you into a scenario that I created for you, do you have a drink at the ready? Yes, I do. I already drank my coffee. So <laughs> now I have my tea, which is an English breakfast tea. Ooh. So you're very in hydration mode. Coffee plus tea. I'm very caffeinated. Nice. But that's why I also have some water with me. Good. I have an orange juice, which tastes a bit like water. And then I have my coffee next. Good. Okay, well, let's dive into the scenario then. So I'm just going to shoot questions at you and you're just going to answer with, okay. well, who you are, right? So... Scenario one. But who am I? <laughs> yeah, who are you? As, as you know, the core identity. How do you represent yourself in this moment in time? So it's start of third year bachelor. Who are you? Start of the third year bachelor, I was abroad. So I had to introduce myself to many different people all the time. So I'd be like, okay, I am Sonia. I am studying psychology, but not actually where I was at the moment. So I had to kind of give the entire backstory of being like, I'm an exchange student. I don't really live here, but now I live here and I study somewhere else. But that's not where I come from. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, the too well-known speech that you repeat every like hour when you meet someone new on exchange. Mm. Okay, but so you're you're basic. You would basically say your name, maybe your age, and then my studies. That you're a student and that you study mm-hmm. psychology, right? Okay, yeah. I think that's what the, the only information I would give. Yeah. Okay, and so if I ask now, you're three months or four months after the end of your masters. Who are you now? Well, my name is Sonia. My name will not change. <laughs> That's a constant. <laughs> That's easy. I would say, hey, my name is Sonia. I'm a recent neuropsychology graduate and currently I'm a neuropsychology intern. Mm-hmm. 
soon to be unemployed or soon to be job seeker. But I, I'm not sure I would mention that I'm looking for a job, you know. So, but then what would you say? Would you say that I'm a neurotechnology intern? Okay, and if I ask you now when your internship is done, because you said soon to be unemployed, so would you would you say I'm unemployed or would you say I'm a job seeker or? I think I don't know what I will say because, like, on the one hand, I will feel unemployed. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I will feel like a job seeker because that's also a lot of work applying for jobs. But I also currently I'm not really sure what I will do after my internship. So it's very unclear. Well, that was my point uh, <laughs> that all these shifts are quite unclear. And I wanted to see whether you would be able to actually give yourself like a status or some category to fit in not at all you, yeah you say not at all well then could you say that these are some sort of identity crisis like you basically question who you are right for sure and that's the topic of today so maybe we should define what identity crisis is and then we can further dive in because then it's clear of what we're talking about Yes, that's a great idea. And I looked into the Oxford Dictionary and their definition is that a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or role in society. Therefore, it really also tells you that you can have these identity crises any time throughout your life. Mm. But this is why, like, if you're a teenager, then you say, right, you say, oh, it's because she's a teenager, she's in a yeah. crisis. It's just because you're trying to find yourself. Yeah. Uh, same for life crisis. Yes, exactly. Or even the quarter life crisis. It says typically due to a change in their expected aims, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel feel like an aim is something you well, constantly change because you're working towards a goal, an aim, and then you realize, oh, actually, now that I'm here, so now that I'm like midway to my goal, I realized it's not exactly quite what I want. So maybe you slightly change and slightly shift your perspective and then you have another aim and another goal. Or like you finish a long-term project Hmm. and you kind of don't know what to do with yourself anymore hmm. yeah so I think then if you look at it from like the 20s experience let's say if you grow up and you're a student for how many years like at least a decade like from like high school and then um, being a student at university and you do yeah a bachelor maybe a master hmm. right away and then it's done after graduation there is no clear path as we mentioned before in in the yeah. first episode so then you have yeah decision to make and maybe these decisions are quite difficult because you need to have a clear um clear aim that you lay forward i think yeah because 
after graduation you'll have to make so many big decisions on your own. So you kind of have to create your own path and it's really scary because you don't know what your decisions will lead to because during your studies you know, okay, I will do this course, then I do this course. And you know you'll have to take decisions during the course to get to the end of the course and to kind of finish it and pass it with like a certain grade. Yes. But after graduation, it's really not that case and it's no structure is provided to you. Yeah, exactly. But then what, because I feel like you do need to have some sort of clear identity to move forward just because it's, Actually, do you need it? But I, I feel you, like you do. I feel, I think you need to have a clear definition of who you are and how to present yourself to, yeah, first, in order to present yourself to new, to new people. That's one thing I found very complicated after graduating because I call myself recent graduate. Mm-hmm. And I dropped the recent because, well, I wasn't recent anymore. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just drop the recent. Yeah. So a graduate... But then if I was talking to someone and said graduate after a certain period of time, it was also like, okay, yeah, it just sounds weird. And uh, yeah, then I was unemployed and job seeker at the same time. So it was also a bit confusing. But then what is your identity? Is it your next job? You know, like, how do you find it? I think that's also a problem with how we kind of Uh, use certain roles as our identity as a core Hmm. like during your studies you wholly identify with being a student and then what do you do afterwards once you get a job do you just take on that as your next identity when you introduce yourself to new people being like hey I am this old my name is this and I'm a lawyer but of course, you're so much more than just your job title. Yeah, for sure. Like, it can be an important source of identity in your life, but it should not be everything, or it should not be the only thing you identify with. Yeah, also because you can just change jobs, and then if you shift completely, or even just slightly, actually, you're like, uh, you do something very specific, and then you you change then you put into question again your whole identity which maybe is not the best if you want something stable Mm -hmm. for sure okay i think here it's important that you ask yourself like what kind of values you have in life what is important to you in your life not just your job like anything like your characteristics your interests outside of your job and that can also be kind of hard, like because the job kind of can consume most of your life. Mm-hmm. But that's a topic for a later episode. Yes, let's deal with this later. So I wanted after this definition to talk about how we feel now. I think we touched off on it a bit because I asked you the, with you the different feel? scenarios at the start. Yeah, exactly. But how do like how would you 
now keeping this in mind, how would you now like define yourself? What would be your identity? That's really tough because usually you want to keep it short, right? Within a few words. So you kind of yeah. really need to pinpoint. And it's really hard to do on the spot, I have to say. I feel like call that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I'll go first then. Yes. I think for me, I would well also say my name, like, hello, I'm Mael. Maybe not my age directly, because I think at some point it doesn't really matter um, if you're in a job uh, environment, at least, in, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I'm going to say something a bit contradictory here, but I think I would still go with law. So I think I would still present myself with my job title. Mm-hmm. just because it's something that I'm really passionate about I, I really loved what I study like law is really my thing I I associate myself with law like I, I can't see myself having studied anything else than law mm-hmm. just because I'm, I'm the same I'm organized I'm like step-by-step kind of minded person mm-hmm. so I think I would just still go forward with that but then add And I'm really into running, for example, or like sports in general. And I try to do new thing. And this is the latest thing I tried. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, just whatever I try new. I like to try new things. So I think I would okay. try to present myself this. So like my job, but also my interests. Yeah, I get it. I think this strikes quite a good balance. Yeah. I'll give it a try. Hey, my name is Samia. I really love psychology and neuroscience. A topic I'm really interested in is how stress can influence our overall well-being. Because I wrote both of my theses on this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I think I would also say that I like dogs. (laughs) I like being around dogs. And I really try to pursue new interests, such as yoga. I try to teach myself how to knit. Mm -hmm. And maybe I would even mention that I'm really, like, structured as a person. Like, I'm high on the conscientiousness trait. But I think that would really depend on the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Also, because I don't think everyone knows what it exactly means if you yeah. haven't studied psychology or lived with some people, because I know, huh, you know, I studied law and psychology. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but um, no, I think that's really good. Plus, it's a good uh, conversation starter. I think if you mentioned, for example, that you wrote your thesis, plural, on yeah. uh, stress. I think people can relate to that and then ask questions and, sure. you know, start different conversation on that topic. So I think that's actually really good. Good job. Well done for on the spot. Now you know how to present yourself. <laughs> Not the that I didn't, didn't know before, but... Huh? The elevator pitch. Exactly. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Actually, it's a bit... Yeah, it's connected to that, right? How yeah. do you present yourself? But that's really, like just to network with other people, right? Mm. Yes. 
so now we have our identity. We know what, how to define it, right? Identity crisis. We know maybe like what or how to define ourselves um, after such a big shift, uh, such as graduation. But I also wanted to touch on, upon something else, which you mentioned again last episode, and maybe we can have a hint or two here in your speech, but we'll see. Um, you said that although you have uh, completed successfully your bachelor and your master in psychology, mm. you don't consider yourself as a psychologist, or at least you don't... Not yet. Say Let's it. Say that, not yet, because... It's kind of hard because where I currently live, it's like the psychology title or psychologist title is not really protected. Mm-hmm. Compared to law, yeah. Yeah, compared to other countries, because in other countries, we really need to have accomplished uh, a certain types of things or completed certain courses mm-hmm. in order to call yourself a psychologist. But also currently, I'm still just an intern. Um, and I think once... Or if I apply for jobs and I get a job as a psychologist, then for sure I would start calling myself a psychologist. But would you feel like a psychologist? Yes, because then you kind of do these tasks and you are solely responsible for doing these tasks. Mm, Okay. Okay, Uh, because I thought you would be a bit more like a friend of mine. I have uh, this very good friend who studied, um, who is a vet. So she finished her studies. She did already quite some jobs left and right in different cities, I mean. And, um, And still to this day, she calls herself a vet, right? And she does quite a lot of things on the side as well. But then she, when I talk to her, she always says, yes, this is who I am. I am a vet. But at the same time, I don't feel like I deserve to be here or I... I... She's not per se scared, but she places every action that she success she successfully manages to do into question she's like uh you know i i don't deserve this for example she did some anatomical drawings for a journal a piece of journal that just got published which is really good like her drawings are amazing and it got published and everything and she's like yes but you know, what if what if they know this is a tiny bit wrong or what if they have a very specific look at them and who God knows is they, you know, but... Yeah, I, but I also kind of can identify with your friend mm-hmm. because for me, this comes in waves. I don't feel like this the entire time where I kind mm-hmm. of feel inadequate or I have this constant fear of being unmasked, of being like, oh no, people will figure out that I'm actually not adequate enough to do this role or this internship. Because I definitely had this feeling before I started my internship. I kind of really questioned myself, being like, oh, they're going to expect me to know everything. And like I put, a, I put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of know a lot of stuff beforehand and kind of prepare mm-hmm. myself like really hardcore because I had this imposter syndrome. Being like, mm. I just graduated. And I think they are going to expect me to know, like, every single detail. 
by heart. Okay. okay. So it was kind of really hard because I felt inadequate and I had this kind of inner feeling that I would not be good enough. But I cut you here, but this is key. Like, is it actually imposter syndrome or is it perfectionism talking? Because in the end, if you're like, feel like that you need to maybe study ahead before doing a job or something like this, it's because you want to do a good job, right? Mm -hmm. So, or maybe it's a bit uh, both. Like, I think there can be some perfectionism in there, but the core feature of in the imposter syndrome is that you have this feeling of not belonging and that you are not adequate enough but this is very subjective like this can be anyone this can be someone that's like objectively on paper so successful in life and they have mm. accomplished so many different things and they are maybe already a professor at university but maybe internally they still have this imposter syndrome and they feel like They haven't really earned to be where they are, but that is really internally in them. Okay, so it's really anyone. And it's, as you said, feeling of, so what is it? Uh, inadequacy, fear of being unmasked, yeah. uh, not being good enough, not uh, having earned your, your place where you currently are. Yeah. And... Yeah, so, so being feeling as a fraud, basically. Yes. Okay. Then how or, or how can you do to avoid it? Because you said for you it comes in waves. Yeah. I, I don't have it at all. I, I don't experience it. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't worked yet. I haven't started my contract, so maybe it will come. I don't know. Um. But right now, since I'm just um, yeah waiting for my contract to start, I feel fine. So, but if these feelings would come up, as you said, mm -hmm. uh, it can affect everyone, right? Yeah. What can I do? Is there something that you actually can do, or is it just waiting and trying to work through it? Or someone gave me this very insightful advice, and they told me to not give in to this feeling of inadequacy because it will just make it worse. Mm -hmm. So kind of don't try to prove yourself wrong. And if you really try and educate yourself further in order to develop the skills you think you don't have, your, your list might get longer and longer and then you will sure end up burning the midnight oil, meaning that you will overwork yourself And you will increase your risk of getting a burnout. Mm. So in other yeah. words, if you try and prove yourself wrong, that, okay, I have this in feeling of inadequacy. I feel like I don't belong here. So let me focus on myself and develop the skills that I think I don't have. You're going to get into this vicious circle. And it can be quite hard to get out of it again, especially on your own. Mm. So then it's important that you do talk to your friends because it's so important to talk to other classmates. Maybe people that you think are really successful in life are actually struggling on their own. Mm. Mm. Then it's also so important that you talk to a psychologist or a school counselor if you're still at school to break down these thought patterns. 
to kind of find out why you think this way. Is it something that you were taught in your upbringing, in your education? To kind of break down and see objectively how you think about yourself and to kind of boost your self-confidence and feeling of adequacy. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Because for me, I think it's also important that we mention that the definition of success is kind of really relative. Like, when would you actually consider yourself to be good enough? Like, where's the threshold within imposter syndrome? It's like, okay, once I've taught myself this skill, I'll be good enough. But I think it will just continue in a vicious circle where you will not stop doubting yourself. You will find other things in life where you question yourself. Mm. Yeah, but... Okay, but then if... if uh, I mean, I agree and I, I see your point that it can be a vicious circle if you start... Um, actually working on things you think you don't have, but you actually do have in a way. So um, I think here we need to be careful and differentiate between developing a skill because you think you're a fraud and like trying to just jump from skill to skill to skill to skill to try to make you feel better in a way, because yes, as you said, then it's just overworking. And then, so differentiate this from developing new skills to, like, broaden your perspective, your know-hows, and just um, grow as a person, which can then be related to your aim and your identity, right? Mm -hmm. I was listening to this podcast from um, Jordan Peterson. I think it's the title was Necessity of Aim. Uh, we can link it in the show notes again if someone is interested. But he was talking on that basically in life, you need an aim, you need a plan. And for that, you need to ask yourself very specific questions of where you want to be. And of course, who you don't want to be at all. So if your worst trait would kind of eat you up, who would you become? And I think knowing this forces you to do the things that you need to do in order to achieve the aim that you set. And maybe one of the things you need to do in order to achieve this aim and this final goal that you have, knowing that, of course, you might like change your way. And I think he mentions it in an imagery, which is quite nice. He says, you might go forward, discover the landscape, and then decide to change your direction and reset your aim and your goal which I think is very true of life. Like you want something and then you realize that's not exactly quite what you wanted. Yeah. Um, but then maybe in that path, you need to acquire a skill, right? So it's sure. two things different yet related in a way. Yes, and I really appreciate that you brought this distinction up because it's really important that we make this distinction. Because mm. it goes just along with the imposter syndrome with what I meant is that you don't give in to this feeling of inadequacy, that you try to prove yourself wrong by giving in to this feeling and trying to prove yourself wrong in the way of like developing skills you think you don't have, but you actually do have. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it's 
Yeah, but it's a bit difficult because if you think you don't have them, how do you realize that you have them? Through talking to friends? That's why it's so important then. Talking to friends because getting their perspective as to how you are as a person can really change your own perspective. Mm. Talking to a psychologist can really help. Yeah. To break down these thought patterns to kind of take an objective look as to what's really going on. This self-reflection as well, like ask yourself, yeah, I'm lost here now. <laughs> I lost my thought. Yeah. So, <laughs> but actually <laughs> self-reflection is a good point because yeah. it's also part of where you want to go in life, right? You need to do this through self-reflection and talking about your emotions and hmm. Yeah, sharing your perspective and also listening to other people's perspective as well. So in a way, to kind of put it in other words, I think in order to kind of overcome this phenomenon, Mm. you have to do different things. So it's an interplay of different things that you need to do or that you. I'm not telling you what to do, but the things you could do to overcome it. Yeah. So kind of self-reflect. Be kind to yourself. Be careful what you of what you consume online and how you talk to yourself. Like, don't be too negative either, you know. If you put mm-hmm. yourself down all the time, it is going to influence your overall health. Yes, and I think we really underestimate this part. I notice it with yoga because as we're doing this challenge with yoga with adrian she says sometimes certain mantras that you need to repeat to yourself like you are strong and so you are planking and you just say it out loud and it makes the plank easier (laughs) but then i noticed that uh, like in myself that i actually also use these mantras before doing something not related to physical activities but just maybe like doing an interview Just before, you know, I shake my arms, I shake myself, I'm like getting rid of nerves. And then I just, in my brain, it just pops up. I don't even say it out loud, but it's just like, you are strong, you can do this, you know? And then it makes it a little bit easier. So I think talking to yourself is really important because it will really influence how you think about yourself and how you act, I think. I agree. So please be kind to yourself and do not undermine the things that you have accomplished in life. Give yourself credit. I know it can be hard to kind of celebrate your own success or accomplishments in life, but please try. Mm. So right now we've mentioned some different ways as how to overcome it. In a way, there's not just one way to do it and you have to find your own way and i think it's that it's so important that you try different methods not just one Mm. yes i think that really also by talking to your friends you will realize that you're not on your own and they're also here to help you boost yourself right like when Mm -hmm. i call with my friend and um we always have nice talks and this this subject i mean she knows the thing is it's already good because she knows she has imposter syndrome like she says it herself she says you know 
imposter syndrome, haha. <laughs> um, I think I don't deserve this and I'm gonna yeah, get discovered and I don't know, the article is yeah. gonna be pulled or yeah. whatever she might think. She doesn't really go into details, but I'm always there um to tell her that no, I saw these drawings, like they're really, really good, and if they got published, they did just didn't get published like this you know people had a look over it it got peer-reviewed if it got to the point of being published then several people looked over it and they're worth being out there for people to read and to see for sure so i'm trying to think of a way to summarize what we've talked about so far because it can be quite a lot of information at once Mm. So, first of all, do some self-reflection, be kind to yourself, talk to your friends, and by talking to them, you might even realize that you're not on your own. And it's so important to talk about it, because by talking about it, we can raise more awareness about it, and this way people will know that they're really not on their own. Then you can seek a psychologist or a counselor. Yeah, I think that sums it uh, quite well that's kind of the things you can do and of course I think along the way you can maybe discover tricks that work for yourself as a person since we're all different and we mm-hmm. have different experience and different emotions and feelings of course yeah I think it's really interesting because it correlates to your identity right and how you mm-hmm. feel and these two are so tight together that yeah. you indeed manage to find like who you are as a as a person and find a way to describe yourself like to to have a specific identity but this is i think also where you can tackle the imposter syndrome in the way that if you feel like you're not adequate or if you feel like you're a fraud at working in in the legal fields or being a psychologist maybe it's also a way to avoid it is maybe to describe yourself as something else so not just being a psychologist or being someone who works in law. Maybe it's also, yeah, someone who does a lot of sports, someone who knits, someone who tries to do yoga every day, someone who like is a person with experience in different areas and different fields. And maybe in that way you can tackle this this feeling of uh, I'm not adequate in calling myself I don't know, a vet, for example. Mm -hmm. But really here, it's important to also remind them that anyone can have the imposter syndrome. It doesn't matter how objectively successful you are in life. And here Mm. you also have to keep in mind that success is relative. Mm. Success can be defined in many different ways for different people. Maybe your success means something different for me than it means for you. No. So here I would like to give some personal advice or something that's dear to my heart is that your value as a human being is really not measured by your productivity level or the so-called success in life. So try and focus on yourself and ask yourself, what are my values in life? What is really important to me? And pursue the goals that align with your values. Mm. yeah I think that's really good advice actually because then you're sure to 
live a life that is in accordance to your morals and like how you want to live in life without regrets. So this is actually already the end of episode two. It's crazy. I feel like time went by so fast while we recorded this episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I really wonder how many people or how many listeners can really identify with this topic and maybe some of them have or had imposter syndrome. So it will be interesting to hear from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really curious. So you, listener, you should let us know in the comments on our Instagram uh, what you thought of this episode. You can find us at Behind the Twenties. Follow us if you don't already for some sneak peeks and other fun surprises. Otherwise, please leave us a review on how you liked the episode so far. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend who you think might like it. If you like the theme song and want to check the artist out, the music is by Tokyo Music Walker. See you next Wednesday for our third episode of this season. Welcoming the unknown of our Behind the Twenties podcast.